0: Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast, from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle— pain, and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, we have the incredible privilege of having Miss Shannon Hansen, of the Thriving Thyroid podcast and owner and founder and creator of the Hansen Method for Thriving Thyroid. Shannon is a functional nutrition practitioner among many other uh, designations and she is just a tremendous wealth of knowledge and information when it comes to thyroid and we can't talk about our reproductive hormones without also talking about thyroid. So Shannon, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today we're, you know, on the topic of women's hormones. Um, obviously that's a huge part of the work that we do. It's, you know, it's all encompassing, right. Um, but one of the biggest questions that I get from women, Shannon is how does the thyroid impact their cycle? How does it impact their hormones? Um, I think really giving them some foundational input on this would help them to kind of even navigate like those doctor visits that are really confusing.
1: Yeah. Um, such a good thing, but (laughs) the short answer is how do the hormones not impact your thyroid? Right. (laughs) So when I talk to women and when I work with women, I tell them all of your hormones are interconnected, right? And we have to look at those base hormones And by base hormones, I'm talking about blood sugar. So insulin and cortisol, your stress hormone, how stressed out are you? (laughs) Right. Because if either one of those base hormones are impacted negatively, whether you're going through, you know, long-term stress or short-term stress, stress. And one of the things that I talk about as well is perceived stress, right? Like you can have the perception of danger, maybe not actual danger, but if you're worried about how am I going to pay for the, the heat in my home and it's going to be negative 20 degrees where you're living, that could feel like a really big threat Yes. on how am I going to keep my family safe? How are we going to stay warm when in actuality you probably have, you know, ways to keep warm, whether that be layers yes. or whether that be, you know, firewood and a fireplace and, you know, maybe you all have to huddle in one room, but there, I mean, we live in modern society right. where it's, it's a per it's the perception of stress. Right. Um, so looking at those first and foremost, and then if that's all good and dandy, then we can move up to sex hormones, um, And the interesting thing about this and what I don't think I realized for a long time is that cortisol, so that again, that stress hormone, if you're stressed now, it can start stealing your sex hormones. Yep. So this is why when you're under a lot of stress, your libido goes down. When you're under a lot of stress, you have more inflammation in your body and why you're craving More chocolate, more carbohydrates, sugar, you know, the sugar, yes, because it's that either real threat, right, or the perception of some kind of stress. And that can disrupt all of those sex hormones. Um, And then moving up from there, if you have both of those two base layers out of balance, we're going to end up with some kind of thyroid dysfunction. And that's why I tell people we have to look at those base hormones before I can just go start working with your thyroid.
0: Yes, absolutely. No. And I think that's really good because I know you hear this and you know, it's like, it feels like we're beating a dead horse sometimes, but I I know that 99% of the women that I talk to will say, my labs were totally normal. Like my thyroid labs were totally normal. My, you know, if they did sex hormone lab testing, serum lab testing, those are totally normal. So why do I feel like garbage? Can you talk a little bit about why their labs, their serum labs in particular, when they're going to just get like their TSH and their T3 tested, why those might be showing up as normal when they're not feeling well?
1: Yeah, this is such a good question. And I,
0: she's talking to herself, you guys. <laughs> it's
1: okay. It. Um, this is really a really good question because, so I actually have never formally been diagnosed with thyroid imbalances. So there's a couple different reasons for this. Um, First and foremost, when I was doing all of the blood serums and stuff for myself, I, was in the quote unquote normal range. But when we look at the functional ranges, that's where I was out of balance. Yes. And so they're like, well, you're borderline hypothyroid, you know, well, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but I feel like garbage. Yes. And I went to a naturopathic doctor, which I was hoping would use more functional lab ranges. And he wanted to work on, my stress which I mean we've just learned that stress is really important right but I was like how is me hiring a housekeeper and going ballroom dancing with my husband on the weekends
0: going to help me
1: <laughs> <laughs> True like, well, it's gonna help your stress. <laughs>
0: it's like okay. hitting it from the totally wrong angle right yes
1: I'm like, it stresses me at the time. It stresses me out to have a babysitter because I had three kids, five and under. Yep. And I was like, can people handle this? Right. <laughs> you know, I don't want to put that on somebody else. And so that right. was not the best way to ease my burden. Yes. Um, then I went to an endocrinologist. I had a, kept a log of all of my symptoms, all the classic thyroid symptoms, weight gain, Um, fatigue, irritability, hair loss, puffiness, you know, whatever, all the things. And they told me, oh my gosh, this is really bad. We're going to test you for everything. And they tested me for diabetes and cushions and thyroid. And we did ultrasounds and they did an ultrasound on my neck and said, we see visible damage from antibodies. And I was like, this is it like I'm going to finally get the magic pill, the magic fix, right? Yep. Um, I went back a couple weeks later when my labs came in and they said, Nope, everything is normal. And I was like, wow, okay. Everything is not normal (laughs) because I don't feel normal. Right. And so there's one aspect when we're looking just at blood labs, there's two different ranges. There's the conventional range and there's functional ranges. I was not in the functional range. Right. And so I kind of gave up on that. And that's what led me to do what I do now. Um, after, you know, a year and a half of really diving into the research, all of my labs at that point were in the functional range. I was able to get them all down, manage everything using wow. lifestyle diet and nutrition because nobody else was helping me.
0: Yeah. And is a- oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, which is so got to be, it's that weird mix of feeling so empowered, but so frustrated that you had to do it on your own. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I
1: will tell you guys, so you guys hear my baby in the background. My labs are out of balance again. And so. Right so I'm trying to figure out like how to best attack this because this is new information to so many people. So when we look at minerals in the body and maybe Andrea, if I need to like stop and clarify things for your listeners, like please feel free to interrupt me. No, go for it. So when we have, so our body uses minerals inside of our body to support normal metabolic and chemical reactions. And so there are two minerals that are thyroid specific. And when I see these two and the ratio being off, I know that it is a thyroid imbalance and that is calcium and potassium. Mm -hmm. So when, so I just recently did my, some of my labs after, after baby and my calcium is super high. Well, you would think calcium being high is a really good thing. Well, what this indicates on this specific lab is that my body is not utilizing calcium the way that it should. Right. In relation to, to potassium. Now potassium is super important for the body because potassium is the cellular sensitivity for the things. So my suspect, and there's not a good way to test this is that maybe what was happening on those blood labs is my potassium was low, not allowing thyroid hormones to get to the cells of the body and the receptors of those cells to be able to utilize them properly. Right. Is that clear enough? Do you think for the, for the listeners?
0: No, I think it it is very clear and it kind of points to one of the big things that, you know, we, and you and I talk about all the time, which is the root causes. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is where I know women come to you and they're like, I'm having painful periods. I'm having all of these symptoms and I've had my labs done. And so then that's where we start really diving in and trying to differentiate what is the root cause or what are the root causes for this person? Um, Because they, because of the conventional lab testing and the first of all, how outdated it is. And it's not based on empirical evidence anymore. And a Mm -hmm. lot of issues with that in particular, um, we don't stop there. It's not we don't take that as the like, oh well, everything's normal and I'll just live with it, right? We have to dive into what the root causes are for the person. And so for you, one of those things is, you know, that you look at with your clients is mineral balancing, of course. Um, what are some other root causes that really can lead to these kind of different layers of dysfunction in the body?
1: Well, this is, I feel like we're opening a can of
0: worms <laughs> <laughs> and they're just we'll try to keep it after. to like, we'll try to okay. keep it to like five things.
1: Okay. Um, so I would say minerals is going to be a big one. Um, stress, blood sugar. So those are the three that we've already talked about, um, The next one I want to bring up is stomach acid and this can also be in relationship. So stomach acid is super important to break down the nutrients and the minerals inside of our body to allow them to be bioavailable. And stomach acid is kind of a tricky thing because we could go, well, Let me back up. So a lot of people have found success drinking apple cider vinegar and they're like, yay. Like they don't understand the science behind it. So what that does is it stimulates stomach acid, um, and helps build up that stomach acid. So they're utilizing those nutrients a little bit better. Um, but one of the things we have to be careful with when it comes to stomach acid is bacteria in the stomach, right. H pylori. And if we start taking um, the the enzyme HCL with pepsin or we start taking these enzymes, what that can do is that can push the bacteria further into the stomach lining um, and cause other issues. So it's really important to look at that as well and make sure that we are getting tested and figure out, do we have some kind of underlying bacterial or viral infection that is impacting the function of of the stomach um, or the intestines, right? And then in addition to that, also looking at liver function, some of us have genetic dispositions to, um, especially with thyroid and I think hormones as well, um, to MTHFR, the gene mutation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was. It's a big one for liver metabolism of estrogen. Yes. That's the one it well and progesterone, but yeah, that's the big one.
1: Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to hit on is when our liver is congested, then we're not able to metabolize and use the hormones properly. So I, right. I tell people it's like those pathways are just closed and it's like walking down a hallway Right, like a think of like a a big hotel or whatever, and all of the doors are shut. Right. If that's what ha- is happening in our liver, all the doors are shut. Some of them need to be open to allow things to flow in and out um, of of that of that area. Right. Right. And so we need to make sure that the, the right doors are closed, but also the right doors are open that allow us in and out of that hallway, um, to obviously keep us safe and detox fine and all those wonderful things. So, um, I would
0: say five, is that five? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And so just to kind of recap that portion. Yeah. It's like digestion is a huge piece of that, right? Cause it's literally everything from the tongue all the way to the exit point, right. Which I'm not going to use that word on here because it freaks people out sometimes, but, um, yeah, stomach acid acid is a big one. Um, and you know, making sure your digestion is healthy. So getting, you know, the right bacteria, the right bacterial diversity is a big one. If that, if we're seeing lots of inflammation in the gut, that's going to be a huge roadblock to healing your, your, Cycle hormones and healing your thyroid, um, and then you know those genetic mutations that can obviously play a role in liver metabolism and neurotransmitter function um, for you well I would love to hear for you, I would say, first of all, I have never worked with a client that has not had moderate to severe gut dysfunction of some yeah. kind, which of course then impacts like the mineral balancing and the absorption of nutrients. Um, And I was actually just talking to a lady today, we had done um, some lab testing and, you know, showed really high levels of inflammation, particularly in her gut and in her brain. And I was like, so this is why, like, you've been taking hormone replacement therapy, it has nowhere to go, like, you've got this huge barrier to absorption um, and it's such a, uh, an issue of frustration, right. For women, because it's like, but I'm taking the thing I, they did the test. I am doing all the things and it's still an issue. And so when we're talking about like barriers to healing, what would you say for the thyroid? Are those big barriers like food? Are there foods that are barriers? Are there, you know, environmental things that are barriers? I, I, yes. I would say, so the,
1: the big root cause is going to be inflammation, right? And Mm -hmm. any imbalance inside the body. And so the trick is bringing down inflammation. So what I typically start people off on, and this does not always have to be a forever, the rest of your life kind of deal, but at least for three months, I like to see gluten-free, dairy-free and sugar-free. Yes. Um, because those are big inflammatory type things. And then if we see other foods triggering inflammation in the body, corn or soy or eggs, or I had one client who was having major inflammatory responses to green beans, like you would think green beans are random. Yeah. It was so (laughs) random. I was like, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah. But I always use her as an example because she cut them out of her diet for six months. And she was like, I was so terrified to reintroduce green beans. Um, but now she can eat them. No problem. And, and part of the reason for that is we were just bringing down all of the inflammation healing up and, and sealing up that leaky gut. Um, so those are the big things is avoiding inflammatory foods, gluten, dairy, and sugar, um, if you can only do one, I would choose sugar.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Which is yep. the most addictive so right, which then goes back to like how that impacts your cortisol, your your perceived stress like food can actually increase that perception of threat because it's increasing the cortisol, which then gives us those feelings of anxiety or impending doom and it's just this big cycle, right? So yes. um, and so I would love to tackle, um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. So you guys are going to just kind of have to bear with me. I might kind of stumble through it and you can help clarify if I don't explain it right. Um, one of the things that I get asked a lot, um, for w- from women is when we're talking about hormones, it's this thought of like, they feel like their thyroid is separate from their reproductive hormones. And yes, while the the hormones themselves are different, there's not really, in my opinion, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there's not really a way to separate them from each other. So can you help me understand and help the listeners to understand why it's wrong to be treating them separately? Does that make sense? Like not looking at it as the whole picture, but just treating the thyroid or just treating the reproductive hormones? Does that make
1: sense? I I think so. And, and maybe we can just kind of jam this out together. Um, the way that I look at the body is as an ecosystem, right? Like the, the rainforest or whatever ecosystem we want to look at the ocean. If one of the predators or one of the food goes extinct, the entire ecosystem has to change and make adaptations and other animals may go extinct because of that, right? right? Because that was their food source. And so when we look at the body and we look at hormones and we look at everything, we have to take all of it into consideration, right? We've been trained by modern day society that we need to go to specialists. Now I am all for like, if I need, if I wake up and I have a mole on my face and it's big and it's hairy and it's taking up half of my face, right? Like I'm going to want that
0: removed. (laughs) Yeah. Big time. Like ASAP.
1: And I could go to my general practitioner right? My, my regular doctor and say, Hey, like, can you take this off? And he might be like, Oh, yeah, like I could take it off, but it's not going to be pretty. Maybe like, I'll, I'll give you a referral to a plastic surgeon. Okay. Yeah. That's better. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I want to go to that plastic surgeon to, cause the scar is on my face.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: And, and then if I go to that plastic surgeon and the plastic surgeon's like, yeah, I could cut it off. I could make it look decent, but I actually had a colleague who specializes in big hairy moles on the face on your left cheek. Yeah. Yeah. You better believe that I'm going to pay the extra money to work with that doctor yes. and that physician because I want the, the person that specializes in that area. But we have been trained to think that if we have GI issues, we got to go to a GI doctor. If we have, yes. um, neurological issues, we have to go to a neuro- neurologist because right. they specialize. Mm-hmm. And while I'm all for specific, what is that word? Um, Specificity.
0: Yep. That yeah. one.
1: Okay. I'm all for that, but like I specialize in thyroid, but when I yep. work with clients, I looked at the whole picture. mentally, emotionally, physically. I want to know like every detail of their life. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you're eating, when you're eating it. Don't get mad at me when you're going to the bathroom. Yep. (laughs) I want to know what it looks like. I want to know if it smells really bad. I want to know as much information about you as I can, because when I have that information, I can say, Ooh, we should look into this bacteria. We can We can look into this dysfunction and I want to help you and support you in, in this area to get you the answers that you need and the answers that you deserve so that you don't have to go to another person and keep going on this journey of
0: only finding small pieces of the puzzle. Right. Right. Exactly. And I, I love that you touched on that because I think that's for women, they helping them to understand, and this would have been helpful for me. I, I know that for sure. Looking back at my hormone journey, I'm like, Oh, if I had known that, that would have saved me so much trouble is really giving them the information so that when they're meeting with a practitioner or having a conversation, they know what to look for. Right. Yeah. So I'm not going to go to a toe doctor if my knee is broken. Yeah. Like that's not, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Um, yeah. And, and also working with someone um, that does specialize or subspecialize in the thing that you need. And so I would say what sets you apart um, is that yes, the focus is on the thyroid, but the thyroid is like, if we're imagining a tree, right. The thyroid is just one of the branches of the tree. And yeah. so you're looking at, okay, I see this one branch over here, but I actually need to kind of zoom out at the root system. What's going on in, in like you said, the ecosystem. And you bring such a wealth of information, um, for women to not just feel like they're a lab test or yeah. a, um, like she's only going to take into consideration this one element of my issue. Yeah. And I would say back to the pooping thing, um, People hate it because it's one of the I first don't. questions I ask. <laughs> like yeah, me if, too. <laughs> if we're six weeks in to working with each other, and I have not seen that estrogen dominance start to come down, and not just in labs, I'm talking about symptoms of estrogen dominance, right? So, breast tenderness, migraines, heavy periods, cramping, um, irritability before your cycle, uh, breakouts, things like that. If I'm not seeing that shift you better believe the first question I'm going to ask you is how often are you pooping and what are your poops like? Yeah. Um, because it's such a huge piece of the puzzle. And if we were only looking at, well, your labs are telling me now that everything's fine. It, it means that likely the body has just found a different coping mechanism to address the dysfunction. And yeah. so I, I love the way that you work. And I love that we get to work together in a different, you know, we're always pinging each other back and forth. Hey, I have this situation. What am I missing? Um, (laughs) What else should I be looking at here? Um, Because we can't, as much as we want to, and as much as we love school and learning all the things, we can't specialize in everything. Um, but you know, providing those steps for people to really begin addressing those root causes is huge. And because we do, you know, simultaneously, like we're both working on the root causes, maybe from a different perspective or a different angle, it's why you see women's menstrual cycles improve and my women's thyroid improves. Right. Yeah because we're both, it's like, even though the thyroid isn't my particular focus and I send those women to you, (laughs) um, it's like, it is the benefit of we see autoimmune conditions resolve. We've seen like fibromyalgia and chronic pain and, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, like all of those, the branches of that tree, right. They start to improve as well. So, I know that we kind of need to wrap up here and baby's getting hungry and probably a little bit tired. Um, But I would love if you would just share uh, with the women where they can find you um, because you have an amazing community. You have an amazing um, wealth of information on your Instagram and your Facebook page. So would you share with our listeners um, today where they can best find you?
1: Yeah. um, We're pretty much thriving thyroid across the board. So my podcast, Thriving thyroid podcast, um, Instagram, Thriving Thyroid, and Face. Like we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Our Facebook group is Thriving Thyroid Balance Community.
0: So any platform you go to, Thriving just type Thyroid, in Thriving Jam. Thyroid, and okay. We should pop up. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know that this has been hugely beneficial for me. I always learn something from you whenever we have conversations, and I know that this is really going to bless my listeners today. Um, and do you have? I think you have a freebie, could we give them, um, the lab testing? Yes. one. So download.
1: I have, I have two and okay. I can send you one. I put together a mini course. Um, wow. it's free and it's what to do if your labs are normal. Uh, um, yes. and there are reference guides in there. There's like pretty much every lab you can take there. It compares the the conventional ranges to uh, functional ranges. And it'll give you on most of them. It'll tell you like, Hey, we're testing this to look at liver function. Mm. Um, Because that's the other thing I find is they're like, I don't even know what I should be asking for. Yes, totally. (laughs) Um, That is. And yeah. And it tells you like what to, like, if you're looking to get diagnosed or hopefully not diagnosed, right? Like hopefully you're just taking action and and getting into work and working with, you know, a practitioner to help you. Um, but it will give you like, Hey, go get all of these labs done. Um, and how you can get it tested in a lot of different ways. So even if you don't have insurance or whatever, so there's that one. Um, then I also have just my guide that's called, um, the thyroid panel guide. The first one is a little more in depth and you'll get more out of it, but you're going to have to put in, the work for that one
0: that okay yeah no these are amazing resources and i know um i i refer back to them on occasion too just in my practice of like okay what else do we need to be looking at here because it's important to have those pieces to the puzzle right so mm-hmm. i just want to say thank you for joining us today thank you for sharing your time um if this has been beneficial to you then please 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 go follow her reach out to her if this is an area that you are needing support. Um, She's one of my favorite practitioners to refer people to. So thank you so much, Shannon. Give your baby some snuggles for me and we will be in touch. Thank you so much. You're welcome.